broadcasting live from the R&R studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, presented by Tequila Embajador. Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Rich Passaccia. And um, before we get started, um, I'd like to read something to you uh, that I've prepared uh, with help from people I care about uh, and that care about me. And um, then we'll go from there. Um, before we talk about our team or our game at Denver, I feel it's important to acknowledge the significance of this moment. Coach Gruden gave me a chance to coach in the National Football League. I'll always be appreciative of that. That being said, we all have a responsibility here and have to be held to be accountable to our words and our actions. No one person is bigger than the Raiders Shield. The Raiders have always stood for diversity, inclusion, social justice. It's important to live those ideals and carry them into the future. We cannot change the past, but we can do more to maybe make tomorrow better. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. I can um, answer some questions for you. And uh, go. For and with that, the Rich Bisaccia era has begun uh, with the Raiders, a lifelong, uh, just a lifer uh, in the NFL coaching-wise. Um, finally gets the opportunity that he's worked uh, very, very hard uh, to achieve, not on the ideal circumstances, but you know what? Sometimes, uh, oftentimes, you don't have control. Uh, somebody asked Rich Bisacci today, you know, when do you know, or he told us a story, he asked somebody, when do you know you're a head coach? Well, when they give you the title and hand you the whistle, that's when. And sometimes it happens, just like it has uh, for the new Raider coach under less than ideal circumstances, but the show goes on just like our show goes on. Lincoln Kennedy, uh, welcome in, uh, my, my good friend. You are in the huddle with Vinny Bonson and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 9.20 a.m. Uh, Lincoln, we talked about it all day yesterday, um, you know, trying to move forward and get focused. They're not canceling any games for the Raiders. It's time to go play or get prepared to go play a football game on Sunday. And that's where the, the focus needs to be, starting with the new head coach who addressed the team today, along with owner Mark Davis, along with Mike Mayock, the general manager, and some select players that got up and spoke. Um, but the gist of the whole thing is you could feel how you feel, and you, everybody has every right to feel. Whatever your feelings might be about the situation, anger, disappointment, whatever the case is, it's all of it, really. And everyone has a right to their thoughts. But at the end of the day... When it's time to focus, it's time to focus. They're professional athletes. This is a sport. This is where they, everything is about wins and losses and results, and that's where the focus needs to be, Lincoln, as cold and calculating as that might sound. Well, you know, look, life does go on. It doesn't stop because an incident might have derailed the sort of you know, passageway that you thought you were going to be on, but you're absolutely right. And like I referred to yesterday, look, for the most part, athletes just want to do what they do. I mean, you want to get back to your way, your routine. It's been slightly interrupted due to some unforeseen circumstances. And you can feel, as you mentioned, you're absolutely right, Vinny, as, as you want to feel. You're entitled to your feelings. Discuss, disdain, don't care, whatever. Yeah. You're, you are entitled to your feelings. But life goes on. It doesn't stop. So I, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, and, you know, uh, I asked Derek uh, Carr, uh, the Raiders quarterback uh, today, 
the question of, well, to that end, and, and make no mistake, you know, Derek is pissed off, too, uh, for a lot of different reasons. And, and there's some anger, uh, I'm sure. Uh, not that I'm sure. I guarantee that's directed at John Gruden for what he said. And, and as, 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 as Derek pretty much said, um, you know, hate the words, hate the actions, but uh, still love the person. And that's kind of how he rolls, and that's how he's been taught. Um, and, you know, even in this situation, he's still going to find some kind of love for a friend of his. And I think a lot of people are dealing with that same sort of emotion right now uh, with somebody that they did consider a friend, a coworker, or whatever the case might be. Um, you know, do I hate him now or do I just hate what he said? How do you wrap your head around that? But all that aside, um, you know, Derek needs to see as a leader of this team, uh, is everybody ready to move on uh, and get focused? And, you know, his answer to me was, you know, on the practice field, it's been great. So far, it's been one day in the meeting rooms. Right. He's seeing what he wants to see. He goes, but that said, he goes, when we're in the, uh, you know, in the cafeteria or in the meal room, what do you think we're talking about right now? What do you think is on TV when we turn the TVs on? This is the biggest story in sports. That's all that anyone is talking about right now, basically, in sports, especially as it relates to the NFL. And so, of course, they're talking about it amongst themselves, the players. And you're you're just gonna have to that 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 process is gonna have to be ongoing as well to kind of get it out for everybody. And yet, as soon as you wrap up and throw out your your wrappers from lunch or whatever it is you're eating, you get into the meeting room, bang, you got to turn it on right there and forget about everything else that you talked about before you got into that room and get laser focused on what's going on in that room and then on that practice field. There's still more work to be done. I mean, the Broncos are coming up. They're not going to go anywhere. And they're not going to feel sorry for you. And matter of fact, if they could stick your your face in the sand and beat you fifty one nothing, or or you know they 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 don't care about your feelings. And and that's the way that you have to you have to look at it. You know, for a personal standpoint, I can understand what Derek's going through, uh, and and I, even a longer extent because what was it twenty three twenty four years ago I met. John Gruden, right, and and thought I had a personal relationship with him. As I talked about yesterday extensively on the show, I don't really know who who I knew or who I thought I knew. Uh, it is what it is. But at the same point, life for you, me, for Demond, anybody, any of our listeners, it goes on, and we have to do our job. Just as the, the the guys in the the building with putting on that uniform and going out to play have to do their job, so you know, it's it's time to move on. And here's something that I think you know helps along in that process for the Raiders. Um, this happened early enough in a season uh, where you know the Raiders are three and two, and what whatever you know you want to say about um, you know what what they put out on the field the last couple of weeks and. Um, you could say, but the fact of the matter is they're one game out of the lead in the AFC, not just in their division, but in the AFC. Um, so there's still a lot to play for. And within that building and in that locker room, they still feel like they're a pretty darn good football team. They're not a great football team, but they're a good football team that if they come with the right frame of mind and the right focus uh, can compete with anybody in this league. And I think they understand that and believe that. And so the rallying cry um, at this point becomes – Let's not squander all of that. Let's not let this bombshell, this controversy um, that's engulfed us off the field become the crutch we use to stumble through another bad season and look back and say, well, you know, we had all this going on. No, Um, they're too good. And as Max Crosby and Derek Carr and Darren Waller uh, pointed out, we worked too hard uh, to put ourselves in this position to – 
easily just succumb because something bad has happened. You can't let that happen, and I don't expect that to happen, Lincoln. No, nor do, nor do I. I mean, um, again, it's difficult. It's something that I, I think Basachi addressed it, obviously, with his uh, press conference. And, you know, and the way Mark Davis kind of uh, addressed it, too, I thought was very strong words and, you know, talk to the NFL because they seem to have all the answers. Look, you know, part of me thinks this is a witch hunt. And they, they threw somebody under the bus that they could find because out of 650,000 emails, they, they are only releasing so many. I mean, but that's water under the bridge, honest, obviously, because now you have to deal with the circumstances. You have to move forward. But I do believe this is a good football team. I believe this is a football team that has the ability to win football games and maybe challenge for a, a playoff spot. They just have to right the ship and figure out what's really wrong with them. And I think they can. Yeah, uh, definitely. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line, Zulu in the Inland Empire. How you doing, Zulu? Zulu. <laughs> hey, how y'all doing? Good, uh, good. Uh, so it, it's, as you can imagine, it, I, 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 for me personally, I feel like I've been through it over like, the, I guess it's been seven days or whatever, but uh, Art Shell for me kind of encapsulated how I feel. I, 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 I've been a Raider fan since, you know, since Lincoln. I mean, you know, I used to ride with Lincoln and, and Gannon. I mean, I, I'm originally from the Bay Area, and I, that, it's the betrayal. When Archell said that, I was like, that's, that's the feeling. But, you know, I, I, I called because I wanted y'all to say a little bit about Mike Mayock. Uh, my, my background in education, and as you can imagine, on campuses, college campuses, you know, there's a, back before corona, there, you know, we, we, you know we, we, students often protest. They do sit-ins. They, you know, there's a lot of student groups and stuff like that. And public-facing individuals, staff, faculty, don't always handle crises very well. I was quite impressed with not only what Mayotte said, but the way in which he talked about uh, what's going on in the Raiders building. And I wanted to know, obviously, because y'all have a different perspective, what did you think uh, of Mayock? And I mean, we had kind of the AB thing before, but this—I mean, this is—you know—this was unnerving for Raider Nation. I felt like Mayock really stood up today it's, to me, and I wanted to hear what y'all had to say. I felt like you said a lot about Mayock's character. Yeah, um, I think that uh, I appreciate it, Zulu, uh, and and he did. He talked about you know the resources that are in place. Um, you know, if, if, if players need, feel the need to, um, you know, uh, basically, basically coping, um, mechanisms or coping, coping, um, availability for them, resources available uh, to them in order to get through this. Um, and I thought that was, um, something, you know, that obviously Mike Mayak talked about and I was impressed with it as well, uh, because they're not taking this lightly. You know, this was a tough, tough, tough situation, um, because whether you're Carl Nassib, who, um, you know, uh, things were said, obviously, about um, gay people, um, and he's right now the uh, the only openly gay player in the NFL. That had to a cut like a knife uh, for for Carl Nassib to see that type of stuff. Um, every black player in that in that building in that locker room, they understand what um, the significance of of what of what was written in the uh, the email about Demara Smith. They understand the history behind. Uh, that term, and frankly, Lincoln, I'm disappointed that more people don't. I'm like, open up a history book, you right. know, like like it's disappointing that people uh, of any age above 18 
don't understand what the heck that really means and why that's so bad and awful and terrible and you don't yeah. even ever think about it, let alone say it. It's very disappointing. Um, but the fact that the Raiders understand how that can um, impact somebody in a lot of different ways and say, hey, look, we got some help for you if you need it, you know, uh, I think is, is great about that organization. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And, like, it, it's, <laughs> you know, it's almost like it, it, it's almost – it kind of, it's kind of foolish to think this way. I mean, not necessarily foolish is the poor choice of words, but it's almost like grief counseling. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's like, okay, and I get it. I, I, there have been several things that I've dealt with in my career that, you know, you had to get over, you know, and, and, and of course it's it's words that were somebody that you, you trusted and you felt comfortable enough uh, to, 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 uh, to, to be a part of or to be under. Um, it's It's disheartening. And again, it's confusing when you try to figure out the circumstances because it's like, who do you really know? And I, I'm in the same boat. I don't have to play on Sunday, but I'm in the same boat of trying to question who who's the guy that I, I really I thought I knew. So, I mean, I get it. I, I, I do. And, and it's just putting in perspective and, like I said, moving forward. Yeah, and, you know, uh, nobody died in this situation. Right. But in a way, a version of John Gruden maybe vanished. Let's put it that way. And a different one of him emerged. So, so that's, I think that's like, like, you know, normally coaches get fired on merit, you know, right. the team stinks and you're the fall guy and right. you got to move in a different direction. Everybody understands that everybody, you know, has been through a situation, whatever their uh, vocation is, somebody, you know, there's not enough sales, fire the sales director. There isn't right. enough this, fire that guy, the merchant, you know, so we've all been there. And some of us have been the person that got fired, literally. Yeah. Um, but this is something where, you know, all of a sudden, it's, it was like a, a self-inflicted wound that, right. that John Gruden, um, you know, uh, created for himself and then for this team. So, the, yeah, grief counseling, it, it's, it's not quite that, but, but you can understand why some people would need to talk. You, you can understand why Carl Nassib had to take a day off today. Certainly. You know, to kind of process it and, and you know, uh, sort of digest it a little bit more. One more day to be able to do that. And um, so uh, it's tough times, but at the same time, you got to play a football game. And that's, yeah. that's where the leadership of a Derek Carr and a Max Crosby and Darren Waller, who spoke so eloquently today um, and insightfully today, sometimes I got to – Remember, these guys are young guys. Like, to us, Lincoln, they're young guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, certainly. Like, um, I don't know if I would have had the wherewithal uh, or the, or the, the, the insight and the, uh, and the poise to be able to express myself under these types of circumstances at that age. I'd like to think that I would have, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and yet here these guys are with cameras rolling, supposed to come up with answers um, at, the, at the flip of a switch on something that's really, really uh, complicated and confusing. Uh, I was super, super impressed with Max Crosby and Darren Waller and, and Derek Carr today uh, for being able to, to stand up there and, and not face the music, but it, just explain themselves and where they're coming from and, uh, and how they're trying to process this, uh, especially as they go about, like we keep talking about, moving forward to go try to win a football game. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Manny is on the line. How you doing, Manny? Manny, how you doing, man? How you doing, sir? Good, good, good. Good. Thank you. Thank you for pleasure to be on the show. You know, speaking of how you were saying, Derek, Darren Waller, Derek Carr, especially Derek Carr, there's a lot of Raider fans, 50-50 on them. I think that we have the leadership to overcome this. It's a big blow, especially midseason, especially after losing two straight games. But I think that Derek Carr, Darren Waller, Max Crosby, 
KJ Wright, we can all they will be able to guide this team in the right direction just for at least the rest of the season and keep playing. A lot of adversity, but nothing Derek Carr definitely hasn't been through. And my question to you, what do you think? Do you think we're better off without John Gruden? I was a big John Gruden fan, but his play calling has always been a question in the offense. Our red zone is our red zone offense has always been terrible. What do you what do you expect out of our new coach, and what do you think is going to happen? Um, well, uh, to to, to uh, answer your first question, um, are they better off without John Gruden? I think they're better off without John Gruden of the last eight days and everything that that would have entailed. You know, uh, had they had they stayed with them or uh, this continued on, I think it would have been to the detriment of the team. It's, it was it would have been just too much weight to shoulder. Uh, at that point. Um, so I think they're better off from, you know, what's happened the last eight days, just moving on from that. Now, in an overall sense, I no, I don't, I don't necessarily think they're better off without John Gruden. I think that, you know, John Gruden is still a very good football coach and, a, and a, uh, he was a leader of men. Um, and, you know, I think that that's, there's going to be a bit of a leadership void and, and a, and a very strong voice and, um, you know, uh, the leader of that offense as well. Now, Lincoln, uh, you know, with change, sometimes uh, there could be, uh, you know, a freeing up kind of a process. Maybe Derek Carr, and we talked to him about this, you know, is even though he said that they were going to be running the triple option uh, the rest of the season <laughs> and run the ball every single play. Yeah. Hello, Denver Broncos. Uh, he was like, I hope they're listening right now. Right. Um, but I think that there, I think there can be a little bit of, uh, um, you know, for, for for Derek and for this offense in particular, I think the defense is going to stay status quo under Gus Bradley. But you're probably going to see some subtle differences, maybe even some significant differences offensively. And I think Derek Carr has been empowered now, he and Greg Olson, to kind of collaborate in a way uh, that might put their uh, more of, of their personality and their thoughts into this offense, Lincoln. You you and I have been doing the, the show together. We've known each other for a couple of years now, and it's I've always been I've always maintained the same opinion i said that there were times at the the offense became stagnant and predictable and that was because gruden was predictable and 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 you know they they start and off stubborn fast and stubborn absolutely absolutely and, I, and i've all and i've always said that he's he needs to relinquish the play call and he needs to give someone else a chance to to innovate and create some or instill some creativity in this offense with all the weapons that are possible I think that can finally happen because I, I know this for a fact that as long as Gruden was there, he was not going to relinquish play calling. Nah. Okay, so we, we, we both know that, right? Yeah. So that, that goes without saying. Now, you know, and we talked about it yesterday. It's possible the silver lining that comes out of all of this is that you have a new take on already an established offense um, with, with a lot of things in place. I'm I'm referring back to the, the the 2002 season when we went on a run with Rich Gannon and after Gruden left, we kind of maintained the same offense. We just did a little bit of twist to it and had a little bit of more innovator and in play calling and establishing ourselves. But we had an efficient offense, um, and and that's why you know Gruden knew us like the back of his hand when we played him in the Super Bowl. So that that might be the the positive that comes out of all of this. You might see a little bit more creativity a little bit more innovation, a little bit more progression, progression that doesn't, you know, become uh, predictable that we've seen over the last couple of years and to the Raiders' failure. 
Absolutely. And, what, you know, where there isn't a silver lining, you create one. Certainly. Um, and so the Raiders do have a chance to maybe, um, you know, uh, redefine themselves a little bit offensively. Now, having said all that, Lincoln, you got to block it too, man. <laughs> you know, you got to get the proper uh, protection up front to be There's able- no doubt about it. But, yeah. you know, here's the thing that I would take into consideration from last week's game. Instead of being more reactive, they, did, they were proactive. They, they set up max protection. Right. You know, they, they had that going into the game plan early. They didn't do that in the game before, the two games before, even the three games before. They, it was reactionary. So I'm glad that they went with max protection and just at least giving a little bit of help and, and having a little bit of a, a, an answer to, to the possible checkdowns because there was one time that Darren Waller was wide open uh, coming off of a checkdown, uh, and, and he got, I think, like 23 yards or something like that. So there, there, there are those possibilities there where the defense will give you those opportunities where you have to take advantage of it. And maybe just a little bit less running it straight into the middle of the line on third and one and then fourth and one uh just the same exact play basically out of i kind of felt like i said a little bit of stubbornness like this is my (laughs) offense this is what we are expected to do this is what we will do come hell or high water well you know maybe you got to just throw in those situations because especially lincoln I saw a couple of fourth downs that were converted by the Chargers via the pass, where it was just short little pass to the sideline, basically, to go get a yard. Make it a little bit easier on yourself, especially when you, in the back of your head, you kind of know that right now this offensive line is struggling. Uh, can't expect them, unfortunately, to be able to get it done in those situations. Let's help the offensive line a little bit uh, by by changing it up and being a little bit more creative, a little more open-minded uh, in those situations. Yeah, I mean, I've been critical of Derek a lot of times going up there and doing his check with me, and when he he had the play call, just call the play, and it would it would run down the, the, the play clock yeah. to where it was almost, you know, you're, you're trying to do a sense of urgency, then you have all kinds of things, mishaps happen. Um, but I'm, I'm trusting in the fact that I know he knows this offense. Greg Olson knows him. Together, I figure they can, they can figure a lot of these things out much to what you're talking about, rather than trying to hit their head on a wall. Yeah, absolutely. All right, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonson and Lincoln, and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We'd like your thoughts, 702-365-9200, uh, talking about what's happened, what we heard today. Uh, looking forward to the Denver Broncos, uh, who, as Lincoln said, they don't feel sorry for the Raiders. In fact, if they could take advantage of all this, you, you better believe that they're going to. They need to win games, too. Uh, that's what this is all about. Uh, we will talk to you on the other side, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Wednesday. Interact with the show. Text Benny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Benny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Benny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Uh, I mean, there was a, a hint of racial lining in it. You know, you look back at uh, all the old art from kind of back in the day and those those symbols, it's like, yeah, it's there, and uh, I mean, it's disappointing, but I'm somebody that comes from the space of I want to offer somebody grace and allow them to, you know, learn from what they may have done, and that's, uh, you know, that's what I'm trying to do right now uh, for Coach because I know a lot of people wanna, may want to cancel him, but, you know, that and I understand that what he said was, you know, uh, inexcusable, but at the same time, like, where do we offer grace for him to learn and grow and then, be able to be in the circle that he was with that, with those people that he was emailing with and be able to say, you know, that's not right and be able to say from his experience, like, I had to learn so now I can help these people. So that's those are some of the things that are going through my mind. 
Darren, um, you guys have dealt with a lot the last you know, six or seven days. Um, that was Darren Waller speaking uh, eloquently and insightfully, um, you know, about uh, about, you know, John Gruden and the, the you know, content uh, and the message of of what he uh, said in that email about Damara Smith. And, um, you know, tremendous respect for Darren Waller for how he um, explained himself and his thoughts. And I thought they were poignant and, and insightful. Um, it still kind of pisses me off, Lincoln, um, that it's people like Darren Waller um, who have to show the grace. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? And 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 uh, when are we? When, when can we expect the other person, the people that think like that, to start showing some maturity and some intelligence? And, and you know what I'm saying? Like it it, it it seems like it's too much of a one sided street. And I understand what Darren is talking about, and you know I agree with him. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, anyone that, that thinks like that, there's always time to turn it around. There's always time to correct yourself and to see it a different way and be enlightened and grow as a person. Um, but far too often, Lincoln, that ship has sailed for a lot of those types of people. And it, it just, it's it, like I said, it, it kind of rubs me the wrong way that we who don't think like that, um, and reject that type of stuff. Have to always be the one that apologizes for the person that does, um, and and yet still be classy enough to say, "Hey, I'm not going to just hate you for it. I'll show you as Derek, as Darren Waller talked about, you know, grace um, and and pray for you and hope that you know that you see it a different way." But you know what I'm saying? Where I'm coming from a little bit. Well, yeah, but I mean, this is the reason why you had to you had to let him go. You had to let Gruden go. Yeah. You can't a, a leader of people. You can't have that that mindset or influence uh, uh, is a better way of putting it influence affect others you know it's just it's it's a circumstance it's it's a nasty circumstance but it's also the way of society i mean there's there's a lot of people out there that feel that way and you, you know you can't yeah that's that and that's you can't change about. ignorance you know what i mean it's it's like you can only hope that today and the next day will be a better day but it is what it is yeah and uh, i like i said i give darren a lot of credit for having that point of view and coming right. from that place and again that is somebody, um, and it, you know, in this case, in this case, it's not somebody, you know, um, on the other side of a of a of a of a phone on Twitter, you know, screaming and yelling, and you know, we've seen all that before. Obviously, on social media, people have certain thoughts and say certain things in the cloak of um, you know uh, anonymity or space, you know, and obviously nobody's saying anything uh, uh, to his face. But when you look at it from a prospect or, uh, you know, from Waller's standpoint, you have to imagine that Gruden gave him a chance. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yes. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's and, – and so – he also has to be internally conflicted right. with the fact that, you know, here's a guy who gave me a chance when I was really down and, you know, probably had no way of looking up, you know, with dealing with his, his substance abuse and the things that he was going through. You know, a talented athlete that made sure that not only did he have a spot on the team, but made sure he got him the ball, showcased him. I mean, elevated his status to where now he's recognized as one of the big impact playmakers in the National Football League. Going forward, you talked about it before in early shows. He's he's going to be a rich man soon. Right. If he's not, you know what I'm saying. He, he's he's got that at his disposal. And going forward, he's he's going to be featured as one of the the, the top tight ends in the game. And you can consider him the top five, you know, depending on how you want to look at it. You know what I mean? Maybe in the top three, depending on where you want to go. Right. And so it's not like it. 
I'm not sitting here saying John Gruden is, is it, 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 I guess to some extent, it's a family member, you know? Uh, that's how close yeah. sometimes it becomes. Certainly. Um, and so that adds to, like you said, the frustration. The frustration and how oh, conflicted yeah. you are in. You know, I, I I'm I'm angry, but I still you know love this guy and, and respect <laughs> it's this person. Crazy. Yeah, it, it is. It, Man, it really crazy. is. Uh, out to the Raider Nation listener line. Uh, Nico is on the line. How you doing, Nico? Hey, what's going on with you, Vinny? What's going on, Lincoln? Hey, y'all need to go to them Las Vegas boutiques. Tell uh, Louis Vuitton they need to sponsor y'all Lincoln and Vinny put y'all an LV up there. But as far as Gruden is concerned, there's not no racist bone in Gruden's body. I mean, he's just a man who says some ignorant stuff. In America, black people aren't the poster for uh, full lips. We got a guy named Mick Jagger. When I was coming up, everybody talked about Mick Jagger. That It was just a running punchline. He is America's punch boy for full-size lips. Uh, Gruden had to get fired, like you guys say. I mean, you, you can't work for an organization and they find stuff like you, but it was a witch hunt and it's other stuff in them emails, but they going to take it out on Gruden. Lincoln Kennedy is a great Raider. They had a old Lincoln Riley at Philadelphia. He said it out his mouth. Not no emails. I'll go over there and get all them in words. And they, they, they didn't. He's back on the team. Okay, so yeah, you know, but it's like Waller said, we got to stop this witch hunt. America then did way more racial things than that. And Gruden, that man, that man, if if Gruden is racist, was was John Madden racist? Was Tom Floyd? So you said Al Davis hired a racist. Flores went racist. You know, uh, no, no, nobody else was racist, but. Al Davis took this racist and put him under his wing and made him hold, who he hold, is. Yeah, hold hold on a second. Um, you know whether whether uh, John Gruden is a racist at this point is neither here nor there. Like I, I'm not in his heart. I'm not in his head. I don't know what he truly thinks. Okay, but set that aside. All right. Th- on some level, he felt some sort of a comfort and some sort of an empowerment to be able to take a verbal blowtorch to individuals, groups of people in hateful, despicable um, ways. And I'm not okay with that. The Raiders aren't okay with that. The NFL isn't okay with that. I know Lincoln Kennedy isn't okay with it. And you shouldn't be okay with it either. It's not a matter of whether he's a racist or not. That's just a tag. That's just a, you know, whatever. And I, again, we're not in his head, but what he said isn't right to, to even think those things, let alone write those things, renders you um, no longer capable, qualified or deserving of a job that like as an NFL head coach, somebody that people trust, somebody, a coach, a leader, somebody that's putting their faith in you. You've ruined all of that. There, Lincoln, we talked about this yesterday. There's 32 head coaches in the, in, the, in the world as we sit here today on the whole planet. There is a level of privilege and responsibility to that. They don't just give them to anybody. And look, put it this way, Lincoln, had, had he got, you know, come into the uh, job interview and talked like that, what do you think would have happened, Lincoln? Right, right. He, he wouldn't have been hired. Right. Because, oh, that's how you think? Well, we don't want any part of that. Exactly. Uh, you know, and I don't care when it came out. I don't care when it was said. 
And it wasn't just 10 years ago. It was as late or as recent as three years ago, right up to the moment uh, that he basically got hired by the Raiders is when those emails stop. And who knows what he's said since then and or said before that point. But but there's no and it wasn't a witch hunt, Lincoln. It wasn't a witch hunt per se. These were emails that were uncovered in an investigation into the Washington football team, which, oh, by the way, that franchise was fined $10 million. The, the owner had to relinquish day-to-day operations of the team, I think, to his wife um, or somebody else. He's not allowed to call the Daily Shots. Go ahead, Devon. Yeah, to his wife. Let's not act. He's, but, not, he's not losing $10 yeah, million dollars to a billionaire. Trust that's me. Like if I, that's like if $200 comes out of my paycheck. I, I know, but it, nobody. So, ju- but let's not act like he's hurting over I'm all not, these decisions. I'm not. I'm saying that there was a pe- that that there's no there there's a valid reason why they find him ten million dollars. I'm not talking about the jurisdiction of it. I'm talking about this wasn't a witch hunt at John Gruden. This was something that happened in part of an investigation that led to uh, penalties and the owner of the team literally relinquishing day to day operation of his team. And, uh, th- and I'm saying this, Lincoln and Demond, because of this. Out there, it just seems like why did people just start digging up John Gruden's emails? That's not what happened. Nobody can just go up, go dig up your emails. He got caught up in an investigation into the Washington football team, of which Bruce Allen was the president, and he's a friend of John Gruden's, and John Gruden was communicating with Bruce Allen on Bruce Allen's work email. That's how this came out, Lincoln. Yeah, and the thing is is that, yes, there were 650,000 emails, and yes, it does seem like, uh, you know, for the the intents and purposes that that it came out all against John Gruden, but it, the, the fact is, is that if John was a, a regular, um, a regular guy, uh, maybe even working for ESPN, if this came out, then ESPN would probably have to have the hard decision whether or not to let him go. You can no longer, because this would hover over the entire team's head all season if Gruden was still in place. Right, and I, I also, rege- I, I think that there's. Obviously, when you get fined ten million dollars, there's some bad stuff that happens Certainly. in that organization. Okay, um, and and so we'll we'll set that aside. But for people to think, well, you know, he probably isn't the only one talking. How do we know? Maybe John Gruden is the only one in those emails, and it's very likely that that's the case in terms of racist, homophobic, sexist uh, stuff. Maybe he literally was the only person that was doing that, and and you have to accept that. You know, all that's that's. What are they doing? No, you don't. You're hide. <laughs> what? You what? don't have to accept that, that. That's how it is. It's wishful thinking to believe. Why that. wouldn't the if if okay? But if, there was if, all, this if, was also if, a team if, president if, at the time. So what, you, no, here's you, what I'm saying. If if a head coach of another team was saying some stuff like that, and the NFL saw it, I guarantee you that would have been made available to the whatever team he's coaching, and the same fate would have. Uh, happened to that coach? Are you saying that there might be other emails? No, of I'm not, other I don't NFL mean emails. Coaches? But you're saying wishful thinking that no one else. No, no, no. Like in this, this no. Oh, of, in this context, of course. In this 600, because everyone's just saying, everyone's just saying, well, there has to be something else. Other people are talking like this in these emails. Why do we? What? Maybe not. Probably not. Definitely not somebody that worked in the NFL or is an NFL head coach. Because if there were. It would have come out just like it came out about John Gruden via somebody leaking it to whoever. Like if I'm not going to name any names because I don't want to even bring up somebody along those lines. But if coach of team A in city B had said something like this and the NFL figured it out just like they did. in the, you know, if what I'm saying is if another coach in these same emails of in those 650,000 emails, if another coach 
was saying and writing the same exact things that John Gruden was, it would have come out, Lincoln. It, 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 this wasn't directed specifically at John Gruden. It's- no, no, but 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 you but you got to imagine, Vinny, the fact that and you're 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 a reporter yourself. The fact that the magnitude six hundred fifty thousand emails, and this is the only thing that come that leaks out. I'm not saying I'm not, you know you, I mean you understand that right and you understand that the, the 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 situation it doesn't condone what Gruden said in any way no the, you know, it doesn't I, I doesn't totally lessen understand it. that but but at the same point for for this to drop with under out of 650 emails this is what comes out this is what's released you can understand Mark Davis's frustration and and his comment the NFL has all the answers how did this happen. Well, it happened because again, John Gruden was caught up in this. In, you know, in the in in his his emails were among the six hundred fifty thousand emails that right. he looked at, and obviously somebody said, "Oh boy, somebody needs to see this." This is a big name, right? This is a big name. This yeah. is yes, exactly. So that I, I think that's what I, I think. That, well, that's what I'm referring to. I can't speak for Jamal or anybody else. Right. That's what I'm referring to, and I get it. I mean, I get it. It's sustainable. You, you, you almost had to. Yeah, yeah. You, you, well, you had to. Once you saw the information, once you saw the level of emails, I mean, I was trying to make the excuse when I heard about the DeMaurice Smith one. Right. I was like, okay, I, all right. You know, 10 years ago, I, you know, all right. right. The, how do you, you could take it to some, but the rest of them, you yeah. can't excuse that. Yeah. And I, and, 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 you know, I would be, if it comes out that there's three other uh, team executives that, said similar things and similar emails and the NFL or whoever is just squashing it. I'd be hugely, hugely a disappointed and be surprised. Go ahead. Look, go on. One thing that I want is because sometimes we're focusing a lot on, let's say the homophobic comments or the racial comments, but there was also Gruden didn't think that Eric Neal, Eric Reed should be in the league for kneeling. He said, there Eric was Reed things should be about female referees. Exactly. But you're telling me that no one else that Bruce Allen talked to on these six, no one else thought maybe, Oh, Eric Reed, should also be in the league, or I'm saying that maybe maybe no one else was just making super racial comments. I'll but there, give you but there that. were I'll some other things that. that that are of note that, that people... should be that should be out there. We had, there was a leak. Adam Schefter asked Bruce Allen's opinion on a story that was going right. to be written. So it's just like people, and it's yeah. But I, I it's, yes. it's that picking and choosing that I feel like people, not just Raider fans, that people that oh, if it's so big of a story, we want to know it all. Right, and you're not going to know it all until a lawyer figures out a way to be able to pry that loot. Right now, the league has um, it's it's protected under the privilege. It's it's privileged information between the lawyer and the client. That's how that works. It's a legal thing. And I was talking to a lawyer this morning, a very 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 good lawyer, explaining him the situation. And basically, he said, "Could a lawyer figure out a legal path to get those all those emails uncovered?" Yes, but it's going to be a long and arduous. Uh, um, process. You don't just say, "Hey, NFL, release all of this information in a private um, investigation that you privately did with lawyers that you hired about a team that falls under your umbrella." It just doesn't work that way. Unfortunately, or fortunately, it's probably fifty-fifty because there's probably a lot of times where that information or where information. And I'm, and I'm even of the mindset that, hey, maybe someone, and, and it's just a possibility, maybe someone in Snyder's camp leaked out this to try to throw the, the, the trail off of him. Could could be. You know what I mean? Here's a big name. Let me give you a little a bit of a treat. Here's a big name. Run with it. The story is going to take up a couple of weeks. It's going to take up talk and everything else, and it'll probably throw the trail off of, of you, you right. trying to condemn me. Yeah, and here's where Daniel Steiner gets off scot-free, aside from the $10 million, which, as DeMond pointed out, big deal for him. 
what happened, what really happened, is in those that information within confined in that investigation that we're never going to really see the the uh, the details of because of that client um, lawyer privilege. Uh, so it's all going to be sealed. And 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 from what I am told and just experience. I guarantee you that's going to blow people away if they ever really saw what was going on, the extent of things that were going on in that uh, investigation. Because, as you know, DeMond, $10 million is nothing to him, but nobody gets fined $10 million for nothing. Right. Nobody does. You're in the huddle with Vinnie Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Wednesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at L Kennedy 72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. I, I don't see a vacuum of leadership, okay? Uh, and I want to be really clear about that. Rich Bisaccia is the best leader I've ever been around, okay? Uh, the players respect and love Rich Bisaccia. So from that perspective, he and I are all in together on this, 100%. Okay? We're three and two. And so any kind of conversation about what we're going to do after the season to me is premature. You're going to let this season play out. We're going to see what happens. And I'm going to back this son of a gun unequivocally. That's Mike Mayock, uh, the Raiders general manager, speaking today over at the practice facility in Henderson. And, um, you know, again, and we've been talking about this uh, throughout the show, uh, Lincoln, um, you know, as bad as the situation is, uh, the show must go on. And there's real uh, goals and objectives that are still very much within reach. Uh, So you can't – the biggest regret that the Raiders are going to have, will have – or could have, I should say, down the road is, you know, three months from now, looking back and saying, you know, we let something off the field dictate how we played on the field. And as a result, we never came close to our goals. That's a regret that I don't think any of these players want to experience. If they're going to lose football games, if they're not going to win enough games, I should say, to make the playoffs, let it be because the other team was better and not because – you didn't come into uh, these games with the appropriate frame of mind because you had something else on your mind. If if no other reporter or news source sticks a microphone or recorder in any of these players' face and asks them about the Gruden situation, it it, it would be it, it, it would not be regretted in any way. You know, they're, they're, these guys want to move on. They want to move forward. They want to put it behind them. They're trying to get over it. Just you, just like you and I, we're trying to deal with it. You know, you 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 have Gruden's personal phone number. You've talked to him off the record. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. you're trying to put in perspective how should you feel about this person that you that you read about, or the, the side of the emails. As am I. Right. As anybody who's had dealings with him since they've come to Vegas. This is a new this is a new horizon for the Raiders organization because they're now finally getting fans into Legion Stadium. So many things to be happy and prosperous about, so many things to enjoy. Then you have this negative side. So everybody wants to get over and move on. And and the best way to do that is for them to put their best foot forward, go to Denver and kick some Bronco ass. But that's easier said than done. Yeah. Are you surprised uh, that that there's I, I don't know how much uh, time you spend on social media, uh, Lincoln. 
Um, part of my job basically requires me to do so. Um, and so I see some of the tone uh, that's out there, some of the uh, feedback uh, that's out there. And I'm a little bit surprised at how many people continue to support John Gruden in the way that why should he lose his job over something like that? Like I, I don't spend a lot of time on, on social media. Um, I, I do have a lot of friends, a part of the Raider Nation that I've you know, talked to. And, of course, I've been doing interviews over the last 48 hours at nauseum uh, about this and, and I've tried to maintain the same set of ways. I Personal feelings aside, you cannot let this go. A leader of men, a leader of people, you can't just sweep it under the rug. You, you have to address it. And you have to do something about it. He had to be. He had to step down. Right. You know, it's just it, it's just no way around it. It's right. not. It's not about performance. It's not about whether you think it's a witch hunt. This this is these emails collectively are so disturbing, so offsetting, so surprising that they will not be ignored, and they they, they can't be ignored. And you can't possibly just say, you know what, I don't, you know, I'm really sorry that they got out. I'm really sorry I said that, and I, I don't have a hateful bone in my body, you know, but let's just move on. That's not going to happen. Right. So you had to do that. So it's now, now the people that I've talked to, especially the friends in the Raider Nation, I'm like, look, Gruden's gone, and this is an afterthought. We got to move forward. And, you know, the part of the reasons like, like we do with our show is we're telling, hey, look, this is they're pushing forward. You you play excerpts of interviews and everyone's talking about the changeover in philosophy, you know, going from Gruden to Rich Masaccia. I love Rich Masaccia. Don't get me wrong. I, I talk to him all the time when I'm in a facility uh, doing the Silver and Black show and often. And, you know, I think he's I've always thought he's a great guy and, and meeting him many years ago. I always thought he's a great guy. I think the Raiders will do well. Um, they have the whereabouts and they have the talent to do well. They just have to have to focus. Yep, uh, absolutely. And you're right. Uh, Rich is a, a, a good dude. Um, and I thought you saw a slice of him uh, today uh, in terms of the compassion and, you know, the dedication. And, you know, uh, he's humbled by this opportunity. He's also... Uh, you know, cognizant of the fact that it came at the expense of a of a good friend. Certainly, um, but you know, in that regard, you, usually you're replacing a good friend who got fired, and that right. happens all the time too, right. or for merit, like as we talked about. But this is a completely different situation. So there's, yes, you could feel you, you could feel bad, kind of, about how you got it and the, at the expense of of who you got it uh, as a result of, but you know. John Gruden made his own bed. Uh, yeah, is basically the bottom line. Uh, Polo is on uh, the line. Uh, how you doing, Polo? Good. Thanks for taking my call. You got uh, it. I have a question actually for each of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vinny, for you, I wanted to ask: the, the Raiders have probably the most unique power structure as far as coach GM in the league, and now obviously that's been thrown in disarray. Um, going forward, assuming that they hire a different head coach. Uh, does Mayock stay, and if he does, how's that power structure going to play out? Uh, I mean, it's a great question, and to be honest with you, I don't think anyone has that answer right now. Um, I could go on uh, my most recent experience in a coaching change, right? Uh, Jeff Fisher was fired by the Rams, and even, and the, the general manager at the time was Les Snead. He still is the general manager. And so when Jeff Fisher got fired – since he had been working for so long uh, with Les Snead, there was an assumption, well, you know, Les is gone too, you know, eventually. 
And there probably could have still been a chance that that happened had he not clicked, um, you know, with as they went about trying to, you know, find a, a replacement for Jeff Fisher. Obviously, they interviewed a lot of people and Les was part of that process uh, of, of interviewing people. And lo and behold, here comes Sean McVay. And both both have told me, Sean and Les, that they just clicked immediately at dinner at um, uh, in, in, in Los Angeles. Uh, they, they just clicked. They they found common ground like almost instantaneously. It kind of grew into. We used to joke about it. It was a bromance between Les uh, and Sean. So Les ended up staying, even though there was a chance that he might not uh, had he not clicked with whoever uh, was going to be the next head coach. But it worked out, and it's worked out beautifully for both of them. They they're very much in sync, uh, and there's great synergy there. I I don't know Lincoln what's going to be of Mike Mayock. I think right now um, he's a professional. And he's focused at the job at, uh, on the job at hand. Is going to do the best that he can uh, to make sure that you know everything remains you know uh, full force ahead, and hopefully the the outcome merits him returning. But we don't know. I mean, the, the, it could go in any number of directions once this season concludes. However, the season concludes. Like one of the things I respect most about Mark Davis is that when he took over for his father, um, he came out and he said, you know, I don't know football like my dad. I'm not my dad. And he's like, but I'm going to hire and people surround myself with people who do because he wanted the organization to be great. He hired Reggie McKenzie. Um, Reggie started taking over the football operations, as you well know, and then eventually they hired Del Rio and other things. They, they went through a little bit of a transition by trying to find their guy, their guy. And then when Gruden came on, he relinquished the keys to the car, proverbially, to, to Gruden. He's like, here, here's a 10-year contract. Here, I want you to t- transform the Raiders. I trust you. Gruden brought in Mayock. Okay. A lot of times that's what a head coach will do. He'll bring in a general manager. He said has a little bit of a synergy with, or, or, or if, if it, depending on how things go, the dynamic has been broken, but I do believe that Mark trusts Mayock, um, and, 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 and feels strongly about the views. This is a solid coaching staff. When you look at it from top to bottom on all aspects, it's a very solid coaching staff. Um, it, it's not impossible to think that Basachi might be, you know, might remain the head coach afterwards. It's not impossible to think that, but it's also that, you know, who, depending on who's available and who Mark feels strongly about, maybe he goes. So the, to answer the question, it's, there's really no short answer. It's like you, you have to wait to the end of the season. You're not going to make anything. You're not going to do anything right now to the di- dynamic. And right now the Raiders are in a position where they're under the salary cap projected, but they've got some, some decisions they got to make. And the, the other dynamic is this isn't a, Oh, it's been going in a horrible direction. We got to yeah. reset it. Yeah. This is not a, re- a rebuild situation. They, they, they're at the tail end of the rebuild. They're just right. getting started. So, do you blow it up with a new general manager and a new coach? I don't know. It all uh, is out there. It depends all- on how this season ends. Well, uh, obviously, yeah. yeah, exactly. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monster and Lincoln Kennedy. Brought to you by Tequila and Bajador Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty a.m. on a Wednesday.